from the Apostle Paul in his second letter to the Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Listen for God's word to us. Paul writes, from now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. And we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So a group of young girls were gathered around a microscope in a science classroom. They were just beginning to make out the objects on the little slide in front of them, and they kind of got excited. They began to take notes and talk about their discoveries, and their voices got high as they kind of shared the eyepiece and as they began to kind of talk about cells and blood and stuff like that. And the teacher, the science teacher, is in the front of the room, and she, she's watching this. And she turns to the student teacher who's with her that semester, and she says, what do you see over there? And the student teacher says, well, I see a group of giggling girls. And this teacher smiled and then very quietly said, I see doctors, nurses, researchers, teachers. They just don't know it yet. A therapist sits with a group of troubled young men. It's the 20th day of their rehab program, and as they sit there, each one is feeling the power of his addiction, each one fearing that they won't be able to stay sober, that they'll never really amount to anything anyway. The therapist can almost feel the fragility of their hope as he looks into their eyes. But he sees something else in those eyes and in those young men. He sees them clean and sober. He sees them getting a fresh start and a second chance. He sees them taking responsibility, facing the challenge. He sees what they cannot see. And it gives him hope. Here's the truth, my friends. Some people see things that no one else can see. And their vision makes all the difference. And the Apostle Paul was like that. I mean, here he is writing this letter, the part of which I just read to you, to the Corinthian church, writing a letter to that church, actually the most troubled, quarrelsome, messed up church that he knew. That church was filled with know-it-alls. 
It was filled with people who broke his heart and offended him. It was filled with leaders who preached a gospel he didn't even recognize. Frankly, folks, they were a mess, a mess. And Paul wanted to assert his authority. He wanted to argue them into submission. Yet in the middle of this, in this letter, what does Paul see? What does Paul envision? You know, writes Paul, we shouldn't see one another from a human point of view. Because if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. The old has passed away. See, everything has become new. That messy church in Corinth, a new creation, really? Yes, says Paul. It's a new creation, a new creation of God's doing, a new creation that began in Jesus Christ, is empowered by Jesus Christ, and is moving into a hurting world in the name of Jesus Christ. Can't you see it, says Paul? Can't you see what God is doing? How gracious God has been. Because once you see it, says Paul, once you see it, you can't help but join with God and join with one another. You can't help but be reconciled. And that reconciliation, says Paul, that will change the world. Some people have the eyes to see things that no one else can see, don't they? And their vision makes all the difference. Honestly, ever since meeting Christ on the road to Damascus, Paul did have new eyes to see. The love and redemption he experienced that day, they changed everything. If you read his writings, you'll see that he felt that new creation of God growing within himself. And he knew it was just a taste of the cosmic new creation God planned for the universe. So every situation, every problem, every person he met just looked like a new creation to him. It had to be different, couldn't be the same because of what God was doing in Jesus Christ. If anyone is in Christ, then there is a new creation, a creation of God's doing, a new creation that begins with Christ, that is empowered by Christ, that is sent into a hurting world in the name of Christ. Can't you see it, says Paul? Well, friends, I want to remind you this morning, it is a bold claim, a bold claim. If anyone is in Christ, then there is a new creation. It's a bold claim because I can see the anyone's. You can see the anyone's. We have a sanctuary full of anyone's, those faithful to Jesus Christ, those trusting God's goodness and mercy, those truly striving to be in Christ, people like you and like me aching for a new creation, maybe of our marriage our family, a new creation for someone we desperately love, for our world, for this church, 
I can see the anyone's in Christ. I just don't always see the new creation. How about you? And how can that be? On June 19th, 1865, Major General Gordon Granger landed in Galveston, Texas, and he came to deliver the news that the Civil War was over and the enslaved were free. June 19th, 1865, two and a half years after President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Can you imagine the shock and the joy? To be free, everything changed that day. And Juneteenth continues to be the oldest known celebration commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. But think about this. Technically, when Major General Gordon Granger read General Order Number 3 that day in Galveston, the freedom of the enslaved was already two years old. They just didn't know it. They didn't experience, they certainly didn't see it. And technically, while the slaves were emancipated that day, the hard road to equality and justice and real freedom, well, that road had just begun. No one who heard that order read on June 19th, 1865, lived to see it happen. You might say we're still waiting 151 years later to see real equality, real justice, still waiting for an end to racism in this nation. But that doesn't mean that the new creation of equal rights and racial justice set in motion 151 years ago isn't real, isn't powerful, and isn't at work transforming our nation year by year by year. So it is with God's new creation set in motion by the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and yet still being birthed. Very real in the lives of many, of families and churches and even social movements, and yet hidden in plain sight when our hearts are closed or overburdened. So friends, we need to listen to Paul this morning. We need to listen to what he says, and then we need to look at what he's doing. Here's what Paul says. If anyone is in Christ, then there is a new creation. Not there's about to be a new creation, there might be a new creation, it's possible there could be a new creation. No, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation, it is God's creation, it began in Christ, it's empowered by Christ, and it is sent into a hurting world in the name of Christ. Look and see, Paul says, look and understand God's love and mercy, God's grace and action. They're all around you. Look. And what is Paul doing? What is Paul doing here in this letter? Nothing less than planting holy imagination in the minds and hearts of the Corinthian church. Planting holy imagination in the mind and heart of the church at large, in your mind and heart, in my mind and heart, holy imagination, God's imagination 
of what's possible, God's imagination of what the future holds. And we, the church, we're the keepers of this holy imagination. That means by grace, we're given eyes to see as day by day, small loving move by small loving move, little faithful action by little faithful action, a new creation comes into being, God's new creation. And here's the best part. When our hearts are open, when God's imagination becomes rooted in our hearts, we become God's partner. God partners with us to make that new creation visible to the world. A story is told about President Thomas Jefferson in the 18th century traveling on horseback around the borders of this nation with a large group. And as they were traveling, they came upon a river. It had flooded, it had washed away the bridge, and there was really no way to get across this river. Travelers were stranded just watching this river boil and rage. The president and his group decided there was really only one thing to do, and like any good Western movie, they boarded that river on horseback, right? One by one, risky business, kind of gently going into this current and swimming to the other side. As the group did this one by one, the rest of the travelers were just left stranded on the bank watching this happen. And all of a sudden, one traveler literally walked up to Pre President Jefferson and said, would you take me across? And the president's like, sure, why not? Puts him on his horse behind him. The man puts his arms around the president and there they go through the river. They make it to the other side, and the man drops off, thanks the president. And he's about to leave, but one of the president's companions just, just can't leave this alone. And so he walks up to the man, and he says, I just got to know, of all of us on horseback, how is it that you chose the president of the United States to take you across the river? And the man is like shocked. I didn't know he was the president of the United States. That's President Jefferson. I didn't know. I just looked at your faces and every one of you had no written on your faces except him. The president had a yes face. The apostle Paul writes, you brothers and sisters, you are Christ's ambassadors. You're the ones with enough holy imagination to see what God is up to and to work to make it so. It's like you're a new creation. And it's also somehow, some way, like getting a yes written across your face. As ambassadors of Christ entrusted with good news, we have to be yes people. We have to have yes faces. That's the only way to bring light and hope and encouragement to those God puts in our lives. But too many Christians are no people. And too many churches are places where no, no, no is heard over and over again. Why? 
Because you can't give away what you're not in the process of experiencing, my friends. And you can't share what's not planted and growing in your heart and soul. Show me someone who's complaining and defeating the people around them. And I'll show you someone who doesn't know the grace of God in the marrow of their bones. Who doesn't have the holy imagination to see God at work in others. Show me a church where people are bickering and arguing and hurting one another, where no one pays attention to newcomers, no one cares about those in need, and I'll show you a church whose holy imagination has grown small, puny, and weak. Friends, if I've learned anything, it's that God doesn't need much of an opening, not at all. Not much of an opening in our lives, in our families, certainly not much of an opening in our church. Just some willingness. Just some quiet time alone in prayer. Just some reflection. Just a little bit of sacrifice. It doesn't take much for the seed of holy imagination to be planted and rooted in an open heart, in an open family, in an open church, and then watch out, watch out, because that's when the past really does become finished and gone. That's when everyone and everything really do become fresh and new. That's the way God works. So open your heart. Let the seeds of holy imagination be planted right here and right now. And let this church, Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, take our rightful place as keeper, as nurturer of God's new creation. Pastor and educator Casey Thompson reminds us that it is our special calling as the church that only the church has the holy imagination to see a world where death and pain and mourning are no more, a world free from addiction, a world where everyone has a decent place to live, a world where children can be taught in safety by teachers who don't cry themselves to sleep, A world where women are not coerced into lives they cannot bear, where children don't settle wars that men create. A world where imagination, holy imagination, is as powerful as market indicators or machine guns. A world where everything becomes new by an act of faith. The act of trusting that the future God whispers to the church can be, will be, and must be brought into being. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. The past is finished and gone, and everything and everyone becomes fresh and new. Alleluia. Amen.